Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Despite signs that the Omicron wave is starting to ease in California, hospitals across the state are still struggling with an influx of COVID-19 patients. More than 15,000 people are currently hospitalized in the state who are confirmed to have COVID-19. San Francisco and Sacramento counties have reached pandemic highs in terms of the number of COVID patients that are in the hospital. That strain is also affecting emergency workers, as ambulances in some parts of the state have had to wait hours to transfer patients to emergency rooms. At a hearing in Sacramento yesterday, Dr. Clayton Kazan, medical director at the Los Angeles County Fire Department, told the Assembly Committee on Emergency Management that the situation just isn't sustainable. We're in a disaster. It's been going on for two years. It's a slow rolling disaster, I understand, but it is a disaster. We need to respond accordingly. If there was a plane crash, it would never be acceptable for a hospital to hold up ambulances and leave patients in the flaming wreckage waiting for transport just because they felt overwhelmed. These delays are not a new problem, but they've been exacerbated during the pandemic and particularly during the Omicron surge, as more and more hospital staff are testing positive, leaving many facilities extremely short-staffed. Several speakers during the hearing suggested fining hospitals for failing to receive patients more quickly or giving them economic incentives to do so. Some also suggested that nurses at hospitals could ease the burden by filling some of the staffing gaps and helping with paperwork requirements. But the California Nurses Association pushed back on that idea, saying they're already struggling with staffing as it is, and this would create more burnout. The mad scramble for at-home COVID tests has been frustrating for Californians since Omicron hit. And for people who have friends and loved ones in skilled nursing facilities, the search is becoming even more of an urgent issue. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi explains. Under a new state health order, most people wanting to visit residents indoors at these facilities must not only produce proof of being fully vaccinated and boosted if eligible, but also a negative COVID-19 test result. Now, county health officials are scrambling to find rapid antigen tests for staff and also visitors to these skilled nursing facilities. Clayton Chow, Orange County's chief health officer, says they're prioritizing these facilities when it comes to distributing COVID tests. We want to make sure that our seniors are tested, that their family is able to come and visit them. And so the test is not only to support the senior in those facilities, but also for the family that come and visit them, as well as for the staff who are working closely with the senior. According to the State Department of Public Health, there has been a significant surge in new COVID cases at skilled nursing facilities in California since Christmas. 
Just over the last week, more than 3,000 new cases have been reported. Orange County currently has at least 30 outbreaks at skilled nursing facilities. Chow says increased testing will help these facilities assess the risks of keeping visitation open to friends and family. For The California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi. A new bill introduced in Sacramento would increase fines health insurers have to pay when they break the law by 10 times current amounts. The goal is to make sure patients get the care they're entitled to. Here's KQED health correspondent April Domboski. California has some of the strongest patient protections in the country, but the penalties for violating them are often pretty weak. Policy advocate Diana Douglas says it's cheaper for health insurers to pay the fine than to pay for the care they're supposed to cover. Time and again, over and over, health plans are violating the standards and just paying the penalties instead of doing the right thing. Her group, Health Access, is sponsoring the new bill. It would increase minimum fines from $2,500 to $25,000. Health insurance companies declined to comment. For The California Report, I'm April Domboski. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The federal judge who's overseen Pacific Gas and Electric's probation for the last five years says the company continues to be a wildfire menace to Californians. KQED's Dan Brecky reports. U.S. District Judge William Alsop issued his comments to mark the end next week of PG&E's period of court supervision following a felony conviction connected to the San Bruno pipeline tragedy. The judge blasted the company's safety record, noting that 113 people have died in fires the company's started since its probation began. Alsop said some of the company's safety problems can be traced to its reliance on contractors to do crucial tree trimming work and what he called its past determination to keep power flowing through lines even in dangerous circumstances. In a statement, PG&E said it has become a safer company during probation and is committed to the goal of ending catastrophic wildfires. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. California's forests will need to look a lot different if they're going to survive the challenges of a warming world. New research out of the University of California and the U.S. Forest Service provides a roadmap. KQED science reporter Danielle Venton has some of the details. Many of us think a healthy forest looks like a thick stand of green trees. But Malcolm North, research scientist with the Forest Service, says looking at data from as far back as the early 1800s shows that's not how these forests evolved to be. The thing that came out that is very striking is that the forests were just incredibly low density, much, much different than the forests we often see when we go up into the Sierra Nevadas now. Because of mild, frequent fires occurring naturally or set by indigenous peoples, the trees had lots of space. North and his co-authors say that means the trees were not in competition. 
either for water, sunlight, or soil. They were robust and able to fend off fires, droughts, and pests. To return to that, the change needs to be dramatic. A typical acre in the Sierra today might have about 400 trees. 200 years ago, it had just 20 to 30 trees. It means so few trees that you feel like, um, you know, it's, it's a wide open place almost with a few trees in there. But that's making those trees very, very strong. And in an uncertain, stressful future, that's what you need. North says the work means removing small trees. As to how the work should be done? The size of the problem is so huge that I think we need to use any tool we can get. And if that includes beavers on crack or people going out and chewing the trees down themselves, I don't care. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. There has been a lot of heated debate lately in California over whether efforts to roll back tough-on-crime laws have gone too far. Often those conversations pit law enforcement officials against those who support the reforms. But KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos has this look at why a California program to lower prison sentences is being embraced by prosecutors in both red and blue counties. Alwyn Smith was 30 years old when he received his third strike. After years of struggling with addiction, it all caught up with him in 2000. Arrested for robbery, he was also found in possession of drugs. I was sentenced to 25 years to life for each one of those. And they gave me 15 more years, five years for uh, each prior offense. So I ended up with 65 years to life. It was a sentence to die in state prison. You know, that's a sentence that can't nobody do it. I mean, you ain't going to never complete the sentence. So <laughs> Smith would spend the next two decades in three different state prisons. For the first six years, he says, he had very little access to treatment or other rehabilitation because he was in a high security setting. But in 2007, he was sent to a lower security prison and started going to church. Then he began attending classes and programs offered through the church. Now I'm starting to understand some things about my behavior. You know, the one thing, the one factor in my life is alcohol and drug abuse. It was the driving force behind my actions and decisions. Smith's recovery wasn't just helping him. He was also helping other inmates change. But still, that 65-year-to-life sentence remained until an unlikely group, including Riverside County's Republican district attorney, came together to help secure Smith's release. I just believed that there was a way that we could get prosecutors to be part of the solution. That's Hillary Blout. She's a former San Francisco prosecutor who now heads a nonprofit called For the People. I knew that prosecutors believed that there were people in prison that didn't need to be there. Blout helped write a 2018 California law so district attorneys could do something about it. It's a pretty simple approach. The legislation lets prosecutors bring someone in prison back to court and ask the court to resentence them if it would be in the interest of justice. For the People works with prosecutors and others to find the right cases. So far, more than 100 people have been released. And Blout estimates that 26,000 could be safely let out over time. This isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, this isn't haphazard. The process is methodical, and the people that are getting out have done a ton of work uh, to get themselves ready for this moment. 
And while the program sounds like a natural fit for a progressive DA already committed to reform, it's also being embraced in some more traditionally law and order offices, like Riverside, where Smith was prosecuted, and also in Yolo County, just west of Sacramento. Jonathan Raven is chief deputy district attorney in Yolo County. He's worked in law enforcement for 25 years. Raven says a decade ago, when he came to work for the current DA... You know, we viewed every case as a nail. And if you have a nail, what's the tool you're going to use? You know, a hammer. And we realize now that there are all, they're all sorts of other tools in the box that we can use to achieve justice. He says the new law allows his office to both reconsider sentences that may have been too long from the start and to revisit cases where the person truly did change in prison. Raven says his office always works with an eye to both public safety and ensuring victims' voices are part of the resentencing conversation. They've now resentenced nine people in Yolo County. It's real stories and real people and real lives. It's a lot of um, power that we have. So it's extremely satisfying to see someone who has earned an early release get out early. In Alwyn Smith's case, he walked free last July. He's now back in Riverside County working at a Costco and interning at a church, helping provide meals and showers to the homeless and speaking to middle school students about his story. His long-term goal? to continue to give back. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. San Francisco Mayor London breeds new proposal to loosen surveillance camera rules as part of her plan to crack down on crime is facing competition from another measure on the local June ballot. KQD's Rachel Myro explains. As it stands, San Francisco law allows police to use real-time video in emergencies involving the threat of death or serious injury and to ask permission from the Board of Supervisors for scenarios like retail theft and open-air drug markets. Tracy Rosenberg, who heads the nonprofit Media Alliance, says the rules aren't burdensome. Who's going to have access to the videos? Where will they be stored? What can they use them for? These don't seem to us like sort of crazy questions it should be impossible to put on a piece of paper. Five supervisors appear to agree they've filed a ballot proposal of their own that more or less affirms the existing ordinance. For The California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. Support for The California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And that is the California Report for Thursday, January 20th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Have a good day, and we'll talk tomorrow. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just 
what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 